Hello and welcome to The Cage Equation with Malcolm Mickelson and me, Drake Mickelson. Each episode, we will assign where the blame lays in spoiling a perfect Nicholas Cage performance. To apply The Cage Equation, we'll start Cage's Perfect 100 and subtract the Metacritic score, which gives us points Nick that we will split between the writer, director, and Cage stars. This week, we looked at Knowing. In Knowing, Nicholas Cage plays John Kostler, a semi-alcoholic, widowed, father, MIT astrophysics professor, a strange son of a preacher man whose nine-year-old son has received a page of numbers from a 50-year-old time capsule at his school, as often one often will. The predictive numbers contain a list of disasters over the last 50 years by a little girl who wrote them as described to her by the Whispering Men. This begins a, t- a two-hour search for the truth that ends with typically withholding aliens, a father and son reunion, and the destruction of the Earth. Malcolm, how did you like this film? I didn't, and I immediately started blocking it out as soon as um as soon as it finished, and I had to laugh for that whole description because it's just so dumb. <laughs> it's so bad. I did, just starting with off with the character Nicholas Cage's character, he really does just check off, tried to check off every box you've ever seen in a movie. Period. Yeah, and like you said, he's like semi-alcoholic, but he. I don't know. There's one thing that bothered me is there's one bottle of whiskey in this entire movie. It starts a quarter full. And I think he pours like nine or 10 drinks out of the same bottle. And his friend drinks out of that bottle at one point because it's just with him. Maybe he just he's very um, he's very loyal to his brand. Maybe he's just got like a whole case of them somewhere. It's like when you drink a can of soda, he's just leaving the bottom, the bottom third of it lying around. OK, so let's just go into this right now. What do you think about Nicolas Cage playing drunk? I've seen this movie particularly. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't even feel like he was playing drunk. There's a couple times when he's like at the early in it, when he first gets the numbers, he's kind of stumbling around in this house. I don't understand the house either. The, the house living- looks like it's abandoned. His office looks like it's an abandoned building up top. Yeah. And I like mean, three stories somehow. Yeah. Dust, maybe dust one thing. I mean, yeah. like a coat of paint. Well, and it got progressively, so the bottom of the house isn't bad, but then the whole upstairs is is trashed. And his office, I didn't understand his office either. The, He's also an MIT professor with a mansion. And living out in the middle of nowhere, once again. I, it's a, once again, it's the house is out in the middle of nowhere. At least I understood when he goes to visit his friend who's in the... Uh, uh, the telescope, yeah, the tel- telescope he's in, because I think those are supposed to be out in the middle of nowhere, so they don't have any interference. But he seems like a good twenty hour, you know, twenty hours away from anything. But you wouldn't be able to get the rolling shots over the the helicopter shots going over the trees with this while they're driving either, if they do it, because they had to do that one too. You have to have those. I should have. I I didn't, as I usually do, but I usually give a, a quick synopsis of how the film did the film was released in 2009 uh grossed 186.5 million dollars at the box office with a budget of 50 million and as was most important is it had a metacritic score of 41 we have 59 percentage points of blame to assess uh directed by alex proyas written by ryan douglas pearson juliet snowman snowden and styles white um, besides Nicolas Cage, Chandler Canterbury, I believe, was the young son. Rose Byrne was the, um, I don't know, the, the female lead, and yeah. her and her daughter was Laura Robinson. 
Um, there were a few other people in here too, but I mean, those were the people who were swallowing most of the screen time. Um, who's the, who is the friend again? It was, uh, that was played. Oh, he was actually, he's actually a decent actor. What is his name again? Let me look real quick. Ben Mendelsohn. He's ben in Mendelsohn. Rogue One, Dark Knight Rises, Animal Kingdom, Ready he's, Player One. He's the scroll in uh, Miss Marvel. He's the, and coming up in the, what, what is it? The Secret Invasion Secret Wars. War. Yeah. Invasion, yeah. So. Is it Secret Invasion or Secret Wars? On the two, are two different stories? Yeah, Secret Invasion, because Secret Wars is, is the one where they all got transported to a different planet by the Beyonder or whatever. So, wow. yeah. Speaking of Marvel, Liam Hemsworth is in this. We can't leave that out. Yes. For yes, a brief Spencer. moment. Spencer. Yes. They named every character, but most of these characters I don't think it named in the actual film themselves. It's not a whole lot going on. Oh, <laughs> uh, it was I know. I oh I, I think we're having trouble again with this movie like we did with some of them. We're gonna keep wanting to talk about other things. Other things, um, anything in particular you liked about Nicholas's performance here? No, it was really by the numbers, I feel like it was and I think this is going to be more the director. It was kind of weird to me because it um, there's like multiple scenes early on where you can tell they like while they're filming it, you can tell they say action and then he starts acting. But he's just kind of standing there and then the scene starts happening. And he starts acting again. <laughs> I, I It's like the director forgot to cut out the like him saying action at the scene. It's really weird. it's it happens a few times. That's it is weird. I mean, the, the director. I. I hate to say this, but the director actually has directed probably one of my top two or three uh, all-time science fiction movies, which was Dark City. But I'll talk about that here in a minute. I mean, oh, we're and Gods of Egypt. You can't forget Gods of Egypt. Yeah, yeah, that. Oh, I know, and that's what bothers me is I, it's the first that first movie I saw of his. I would have at that point said anything that guy puts out, I'll listen to for it. I'll watch Did any of it. Too? The yeah, crow, the crow, yeah. Also, mm -hmm. yeah, I thought he was um I think he was trying to play depressed and drunk most of the time. And I'm not sure if that's his his forte. No. He doesn't really again, he just doesn't come across as I mean, maybe some of his mannerisms, but he doesn't really come across as drunk or depressed. He got the depressed kind of because he does that weird, very long pause in the middle of the class as he realizes everything's futile. Yes. When, uh, that is friends eavesdropping on for some odd reason. Yeah. Wow. He's a squirrel. What is his, uh, whether or not things are predetermined or shit just happens. Yes. Where are the two? The two choices. And both of them, I think, are... I, that was the other thing with this whole movie. We'll get that with the writing, too. Is I, what's, what are we, what are, what's the point of view here? What are, what are they trying to say? I, I didn't understand what the point of the movie was. I mean, it was kind of a story and it had to the end, but usually you have some kind of idea of, you know, something's good, something's bad. And this one, it kind of sets up both sides and then it just kind of fritters it all away. Yeah. And like the important moments don't actually feel important. Like there's the big moment where they like name this new theory of whatever. And I think it, they like swallow up the music like it's a big moment, but I don't really care what you called the theory of knowing whether disasters are going to happen or not. I predeterminism or something. I, I don't know. 
there's a lot of religious like undertones to everything going on too. Like I didn't notice, but uh Abby noticed that they have the um aliens have like angel wings coming yeah. out of their plasma circles and stuff. Yeah, I mean it was just it was really I it was lazy. They're men in black. And they're also angels because we haven't seen that a hundred times before. And everything else. I mean, I think it started off. Spaceship was cool looking though. Yeah. Spaceship was cool. Would you everything else about the aliens was not? Okay, so which was a better spaceship? I liked like I was watching it, it kind of reminded me a little with the with the shapes and everything, and the same thing they did with Nope. Oh yeah. Which was kind of I think it was was actually more interesting because it wasn't an actual spaceship one was really really cool yeah, yeah. like organic yeah. ship yeah all right we have a lot of points to go through here let's just start with the actors because we usually always start with the actors i think nicholas cage was i we're not going to say much more about it we'll say some more as we go here obviously but as we dig into this is there were there any actors that you would like to blame more than the others not all the main Four, I don't think. Oh, the two kids and the two adults. Yeah, um, or any actually any of them. Yeah, I Maybe. think they were all pretty. I just everyone was kind of boring, like not an exciting performance from anyone. I don't think the the friend was good. Um, but yeah, other than that, the friend was good. Okay, so I'm gonna say that I thought the his son was horrible. I I didn't. I just didn't. I mean, I don't know. He's supposed to either be spooky or something. I don't know what he's supposed to be, but it was. See, I was going to blame down the writing because they do my one of my least favorite things in movies, which is cast like a a seven or an eight year old, but then write them as this hyper mature, like basically an adult already, just because you don't know how to write how kids would talk. Yeah, he comes and he's asking. I don't need the kid to know more about astrophysics than. Nicholas Cage does for whatever reason. Well, I mean, he's asking questions all the time, and I like he's acting weird. I I don't know. I just he he was he was supposed to be an awkward kid. He didn't seem awkward. He seemed like a child actor, which is a pretty pretty possessed person. Um, was very confident. It wasn't awkward. wasn't spooky. wasn't anything. I. I didn't like him. Um, the I, I hate I hate when doing this is I'm, t- I'm talking about children acting. <laughs> it's gonna get back. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, yeah, it's like uh, I just. But I thought that I thought the girl was okay. Um, I thought the Rose Byrne as the as the other mom was once again she was written into some weird situations where like why are you talking to this guy ever? Yeah. No, and her coming back to him, like, it was a weird character, especially then because she shows, like, she obviously doesn't really trust him that much. She kidnaps his kid to keep them safe. She thinks he's at least partially crazy. It's not like they knew each other beforehand. But she thinks he's crazy in a completely different way. Now she thinks he's crazy because he won't hide from the aliens. Before she thought he was crazy because there were aliens. And now, or whatever that she thought there were. Um... I would say the one the there was one the one actress that I thought was awesome was was it the old Miss Taylor, the teacher? Aletha McGrath was probably the spookiest thing I've seen 
on film in years when she's handing out the letters to all the kids from the from the the time capsule. I, she reminded me of the old lady in it at that moment. Yeah, I mean the it, one that it, comes crawling back naked afterwards. The one that they probably spent probably close to a couple million dollars in makeup and special effects to be creepy. And yeah. this woman just smiled and did it right there. I was like, oh. I think this might have been her last movie. Yeah, it was. That was part of the trivia. This was the last movie before she passed away. And then she did the whole um, not really remembering things as a, I don't know. I didn't think she was, and then as younger, the character herself was like, maybe not the greatest teacher in the world either. No, so the, there's a couple things about that. One, the fact that this is in the 50s, which would have, you would think, smaller classes. She has like 45 kids in her class. Yeah. Um, and then she doesn't seem like a great teacher. I also don't know many teachers who would like show back up to the school to search for a kid. Maybe that's just because it's supposed to be a different time period. Um, no. And then did that school only reward one class? With the yeah, because because they had like some kind of special. They they were the top of the class or something. Oh no, they gave. They got to see the time capsule because the winning idea of having a time capsule was was the numbers girl. No, I was talking about the so when they pull the time capsule out, uh-huh. the only kids there are one like third grade class who then get to do all this stuff and then leave school to go to a public park to have what looks like a birthday party, but apparently it's a school event. And was the rest of the elementary school just was it <laughs> all this yeah. and, they, and it was a pretty big event because they seemed to have taken over the entire park they had the opening of the thing at one part a hundred or so yards away there were birthday cakes over here yeah i yeah you're right i hadn't even thought about that it was why are these one kids i, <laughs> I think i've stumbled on probably why they're talking about predeterminism throughout this entire movie is because it's the only way that this movie could have worked is have it pre- predetermined I mean, <laughs> having the, yeah. one kid, the one kid who's dad's an astrophysicist who also can hear the whispering sounds and everything else is the only way this movie actually happens. And at the end, I, I don't know, I, it's it's got yeah. a lot of a lot of pieces had to fall in place. Yeah, I also i I take issue with the entire ending concept, but that's not about the actors. Never mind. No. Um, I don't think, okay, look, I think the kid sucked. He wasn't, I wouldn't have watched him in anything. He was like the most, that was the problem is he's boring. I think I was just so underwhelmed by everything happening that I I didn't have the energy to care. Yeah. I don't disagree. I don't think he was like a great kid actor. He looked really familiar though. And I don't know, I'm assuming it's from when he got older. Yeah, if he came into, yeah, if he started doing something. But knowing his number one casting. Um, here's case one. of Benjamin Button. That's what he's in. Oh. Okay. So I don't think the actors, I don't know. I didn't like really, I, I already have my score written down and I have it higher than what I'm remembering, which makes me start to think maybe the director and writer probably have more in a hand of this than anything else. Okay. Forgettable actors. Yeah. Let's go to the next part. We're going to talk about the we want to talk about the director or the writer first. Start with the writer. The writer. 
there is well we've already talked about the dialogue doesn't make any sense none of the characters actions make any sense the story doesn't make any sense either the whole no. these celestial aliens come and abduct a noah's ark but there's multiple of them and then they drop them on a different habitable planet but there's a lot of i guess they just dropped a bunch of eight-year-olds on a alien planet alone and how many i was trying to remember how many suns there were there were at least three large moons above this planet and i think i saw two suns and if you think about the there's no way that planet's habitable i mean it would just be an earthquake producer all the time there would be nobody would be safe on that planet ever well you also have to factor in the fact that they brought again a noah's ark it seemed like of animals so now there's tigers and bears and lions running around or just These two rabbits grasslands with the children <laughs> just two rabbits yeah that's the other option it was exactly what we saw <laughs> there's two kids two rabbits and that's because they have to breed the rabbits to eat them or they they fail oh i was thinking too. all they they put the rabbits down the rabbits eat the grass and within five minutes they're dead from poison because obviously they can't digest well, they won't know because they ran away from their rabbits they put them down immediately and then sprint the opposite direction to the tree of life i love the fact that we're saying that the first thing we talk about is the end of the movie because it, i mean there i don't the, really know what happened throughout the rest of it um well here's the other problem and i throw this right out here right right now it's got it's it's the indiana jones problem whether or not nicholas cage is in this movie does anything change no no they still the sun still blows up. It still destroys the earth, and the same children still get taken to the planet. I mean, he didn't even convince his family to have a better chance. Also, oh, that was okay. The whole dad thing was weird. One because they—it's confusing how they wrote it. Whether there was an incident that happened or if they just stopped talking, but they skip all that, and he tells his dad, "Hey, I need you to trust me. The world, like this, is bad. Go hide." And his dad unilaterally decides not to tell anyone else. He didn't tell his daughter. He didn't tell his wife. He said, no, we'll, we'll be here. Well, he's the perfect representation of their, of this film's idea of Christianity. <laughs> There's an old guy that's telling everybody what to do. And everybody just trusts him. And we know better because he knows that there's a plan. And what was with the, what's with the aliens needing consent of small children to abduct them? Because that's the whole thing is they're telling them, they say, they're, they're telling us we can go with them. We can go with them. Yeah. Uh, they end up abducting a bunch of children anyways. I guess it's just the need for the aliens to do the whispering thing. The aliens don't make any sense at all. And they can only communicate with the children because the children are special. Because, and this happens a lot. Once again, there's another problem that we see in movies all the time. A very advanced alien species that can only seem to communicate with the very small select. Because they're too smart to talk to Nicolas Cage. I think it's the problem. There's... he. Whatever words they would use would just leave him dumbfounded that he wouldn't get it. But the small children understand them. Well, because they're using more than words. They turn well, on my heart light. The, the um another weird thing about it too is I guess I just don't I don't understand why they're transmitting this list of dates. Yeah. Because it's not like the human they're trying to get the human race to like prepare for these things. They're just saying all this stuff happens and then you die. Like the planet dies at the end. I, I don't get the aliens at all. Yeah, I guess I think what the okay, I'm gonna try and explain this from what I can figure out is the aliens are giving a psychic vision of the future to the children, and some children can only understand the time and date kind of thing going. They can also somehow understand longitude latitude to a specific way, 
that they can specifically locate anywhere in the world, time, date, and and the number of dead. I because when you psychically see it, you would be able to count, pick out the number of dead. Well, they have a remote like in click. They can fast forward and rewind. Yeah, fly yeah. Off, like an esport. But they can't save anybody other than it looked like what there were like a hundred ships flying up, so it's like 200, 300 people. You know how old people they don't like the quick cuts and they don't like you know the big showy visions, they got stuff to do, so it has to be only like a hundred children. Again, I don't the number of ships they show you is 10, and there's two children on each, so I guess 20 children. What is that? Yeah, now the more we talk about this, the worse it gets. Because if it, I would understand if they say, oh, it's an allegory, but it's not an allegory. It's a very specific thing. They actually inject 9 11 into this as one of the disasters and the tsunami that hit the, they take real world disasters and inject them into this thing. And then they go, well, you know, it's, we're talking about something. Oh boy, the writers are just getting, <laughs> getting worse and worse. It's worse. I, the more you try to explain it, and then and then they just take things like Men in Black and they throw that in there. But the Men in Black are really angels, which are really weird people who can't talk, but they drive cars. Yeah, and they hand out stones. So are the angels invested in us living? Then does that mean that they they have some use for us? Are we like their cattle? And well, this I... is just them transplanting their cattle closer. It's the only thing that makes sense. And also the whole idea that they go to the tree of life. So this is a story that's been told over and over again. Noah's Ark is actually part of this. So where actually Earth is where they saved us last time. And they put a couple of us here until the Earth got destroyed. Then they moved us again. So it's like a big shuffleboard to them or something. Yeah, they got they to eat. It just keeps going bad. Are they eating? I don't, uh, I don't know. No one they, knows. They don't talk about it at all. If they weren't eating us, it would make more sense. I would actually probably have enjoyed this movie more if it would have found out that we were actually cattle. Question. Is it the writer's or the director's fault that there was two opening credit scenes? You think they wrote in two obnoxiously long opening credit scenes? Or you think the director (laughs) decided? And the thing that really irritates me is the first scene is giving you you the entire plot of the movie, which is these numbers mean something. Uh Uh-huh. But the numbers are turned into like letters. They're not, but in the actual movie, ah, it's just weird. It's not the way that they're actually used in the movie. And then they do a really long flashback. And I hate flashbacks in general, but I specifically hate flashbacks that feel the need to show you every little thing instead of revealing it later in the movie because they still reveal it later in the movie. Like if they had just shown the girl writing the numbers and they put it in the time capsule. That would have been enough. And then the old woman could have said, oh, she also disappeared that night and we found her. Instead, they like lay out all the clues for you right at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, it's bad writing. It's a bad structure. Everything's bad. I think it's that that's the writer, though. Yeah. Because like I say, I've seen this director before and I've seen him direct The Crow and Dark City. I'm guessing those were good scripts. I'm guessing what he does is he goes and he films the script he has and just follows it along and does it. There was, I mean, because you go into a bunch of stuff, but then again, he's making choices like the the time capsules getting buried underneath a hub, like a, a hubcap with two bolts in it. It's not actually covered by anything. 
Well, that's there's no way that's not getting stolen. I time. know it's it's still there. How did that happen? It would have been gone the next day. I feel like if it happened at my high school. <laughs> Actually, there was a time capsule stolen at our high school, um, a year after it was put in the ground. So yeah. And and to people and the funny thing is now we're talking about time capsules. I think you're probably like the, one of the last generations that's ever going to even see one of those things because of the internet. Why would you? You don't have you don't have to collect a bunch of third graders' writings because guess what? They're on Facebook and everywhere else now. You never have to see what the what the world used to be like. Now you can just click on a button and you can see everything. Well, the time uh, capsules were always. I think we did four time capsules uh-huh. when I was a kid. And they were always like, bring a toy or something you really like. Why? What? It's going to be waterlogged and yeah. So two of the school time capsules, they encouraged us to bring like action figures. Uh huh. And so kids were bringing like their favorite toys, and then they bury their favorite toys for fifty years from now when it's going to be just just destroyed by them. Okay, and finally. We're going to look at the director. Um, once again, I'd like to say, anybody's listening to this, go watch Dark City. Um, it is, I think, one of the better science fiction movies that's been out in a long time. The Crow was good, too. Some people like it. I, I don't know. It's it's kind of one of those first comic book movies that came out. Um, but the direction in this one, well, he's trying to follow a bad script. But let's look at the set pieces, I think, would probably be the best places to go to it. Okay. The plane, the plane crash. The subway crash, and you already said you liked the end. I think the special effects were good at the end, but the special effects in the other two, and the rest of the movie were awful. They they CGI some cars in the movie also, which really bothered me. It's like they realized they wanted more cars on the road, so they CGI some of them, and you can yeah. There's like two real cars in the whole movie. And what was this one? This one was in 2009, so we're still the CGI is still getting fixed up a little bit. I don't know. I thought the subway thing was a little bit scary. I, I that actually, I mean, the way it was staged was stupid. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things where something's going super fast and yet everybody has time to react to it in a way that they wouldn't be able to. Because by the, as fast as that thing was going, by the time it started to crash to it gets to the to the end. People probably, already cleared out of a couple of the cars at that point. Yeah, and there's no there's no way any of that happens. But no. and it also hit a couple bodies. That was a little scary. The burning people in the in the plane were a little scary, but I, I, I don't know. It was it was a mess. The um, no, I don't remember what I'm going to say. No, oh, and then, well, I think another thing you could go back to the writers was maybe the fact that why is this guy not in jail? Yes, that was it. So he calls in a bomb threat to a major metropolitan area. The FBI takes the threat seriously enough to be there. But not seriously enough to apprehend the guy who made the phone call that they seem to know already. I don't yeah, understand. After a major accident that kills hundreds of people on a subway, he doesn't yeah. actually even say there's necessarily a bomb. He says something's going to happen there. They're all there waiting. Something happens because a switch goes, and an MIT professor who's a smart guy who may be able to program a computer, although I have my questions about that because instead of programming a computer with a bunch of numbers, he wrote them all up on a whiteboard which had to take at least an and hour and a half. And he would hyphenate and like put parent or um, backslashes in them and then just erase them again. Like he was trying different combinations. Yeah. I don't even How did he even come up with 9-11? I don't know. He saw was the, it, the, was it the coffee circle that circled it. 
Yeah, it circled that, and it circled the, the how many people died in it. He remembered those numbers. So anyway, that's back to writing. It was uh -huh. writing, yeah. But the special effects weren't great, but I don't know if that's necessarily going to be a. I mean, you're only going to be able to do what you can do. And if he yeah. swallowed up all of his all of his money on the spaceship at the end, then what, what are you going to do? I thought the uh, shaky camera handheld thing for where they decided this was going to be their big shot with the airplane crash was funny. Hey, we're, gonna, we're really going to go for it here. This is this is the scene where we're going to make it make it look like. I think Lost had a better CGI plane wreck than that. Yeah, it was. Uh, I, I just can't. I can't get over the CGI. No, Whoever was to blame for the CGI deserves all we're, the points. Yeah, we'll throw that in with the director because he made a choice between that and the spaceship. I mean, honestly, you could have put a couple lights in the sky and had a spaceship. You didn't need all that. Yeah, and just have did. one spaceship. Yeah. That's fine. It doesn't matter if it's two kids or a hundred kids. Yeah. They're doomed. Ugh. Okay. All right. So how do, you, how do you want to divvy this up? Well, okay. I'm going to tell you what I originally had. I originally had actors with 21%, director with 16%, and writer with 22%. But after talking this through, and make actors maybe 5%? At most, yeah. And that yeah. would mostly just be that that kid, like you pointed out. Yeah, but that could also be blamed just as much on the writing. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna. I guess I'll boost up that and says five percent for him. Actors, director, I'll give twenty percent instead of sixteen. There are some choices he could have made. For first of all, I could have figured out a way to make this a lot shorter, which would have been nice. Yeah. I'm sure people say the same thing about our podcast. So there you go. <laughs> um, uh, um, and then writer, how much does that leave us back? Twenty five. Twenty four. No. Yeah, 24, because it's 59 points. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's 20, 20. 35? Wow. We're real bad at the math. Okay, let's just make it easy. Let's get, so if it's 25, we have 59%, so we have 25 plus 9 more, so it's been, yeah, 34%. 34. You're right. 34 for writing. And that will be that. It's late at night like, when I can't math. It makes me look bad. Or I'll have to start mathing when nobody's looking. <sighs> all, all right. right anything else about it no it's really boring it was i was i remembered it being better but i think it's because i just remembered the two interesting parts and was hoping yeah just <laughs> yeah forgettable forgettable all right well thank you for joining us once again with the cage equation um we will be back again soon with another movie it looks like uh our next one we we're looking at was mandy which is probably gonna be anything but boring and until then, it was thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. Thank you very much. Bye.